What is up, podcast nerds? Welcome to Clockwork Nights. My name is Clark Wayne. This is my show. This is episode five of Clockwork Nights, and it's going to be a good one. Hey, Kyle Schwarber of the Boston Red Sox has hit a grand slam tonight. They are playing against the dirty Houston Astros. Why? Like, it it even pains me to say their name. It really does. But uh, they are playing in the ALCS. Hopefully they win tonight. Hopefully they spank Houston one more time and make it all the way to the World Series. Just want to say that I think Kyle's doing a tremendous job. I'm very excited for him. He got traded from the Cubs this year. And, you know, there were a few other trades that happened, and his kind of just went under the radar, especially after the the core got traded out later this summer. But, man, he's he's making a name for himself, and he's killing it there in Boston. And, and I couldn't be more excited for the guy at the very last Cubs game that I saw at Wrigley Field got to sit in the bleachers in left field right behind Kyle and he was going back and forth with the fans and was just a a great time. How are you guys doing? Man, is it just me or does it all of a sudden just feel better? The weather feels amazing. I'm so happy that here in the South, it is finally cooled down a little bit. Like when you wake up in the morning and it's in the forties or fifties, it's just, all I have to say is finally, (laughs) finally, it's like, I'm breathing a little bit better. Like September, you know, it was just like, okay, we're getting there. It's cooling down, but still the humidity and, and the 80 degree, 85, 90 degree weather still, mm -mm, no, it wasn't doing it for me. But finally this weekend it got low and chili was made, burgers and, you know, just, just some good fall cooking, butternut squash. I don't know. You, You can look at my Instagram page. I've posted a few things that I've cooked recently and just having fun in the kitchen. Always having fun in the kitchen. If you know me, well, then you know that I love to cook. I have been a vegetarian for, let's see, 16 years now. So I'm legally allowed to drive as a vegetarian. That's a terrible dad joke. That is, wow. Anyways, right now the Boston Red Sox are leading 9-3. to three. It's at the bottom of the fifth. Refresh my screen here. I can't watch it. I don't have FS1, but... Yeah, just going to be keeping my eye on that. You know, my team's not in the playoffs. I'm just going to be vicariously living through the other Cubs who got traded out this year and just follow them through. So how was your weekend? How have you been this last week? I hope you're doing well wherever you are. Even if the weather has cooled off and that hasn't changed your life, I hope you're doing all right and hanging in there. Have you taken a second to check in with yourself? Have you taken a second to... Look in the mirror and check yourself. Are you doing all right? Are you taking care of you? The things that you're doing right now, if anyone else were to look into your life, would they be able to say, oh, that that person seems like they're taking care of themselves? Or are you throwing out any red flags to those around you? 
Maybe you are. Maybe you're really good at hiding those red flags. Some of us are very good at stuffing those red flags in the pockets that people didn't know existed. Yeah, I've been there. I've done that. Don't don't do that. Don't, you know, no no one wants no one wants you to be that guy to to hide all the red flags. You can you know pull one out from a sleeve, maybe let it hang outside of your shirt like a handkerchief or something, you know, just let us know that you know, you know, you know that you have red flags here and there. That's okay. Everyone does at some point. Are you checking in? Please check in. You know, everyone has a snapshot version of the people in their life, right? Do you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, do you know that feeling of you see somebody for just a moment, you get a glimpse of them and that five second, five minute, five hour interaction you have with them just leaves an impression with you for a long time. Sometimes it gets under our skin. Sometimes it makes us feel warm and fuzzy and good. Other times it just makes us feel like nothing's changed at all. <laughs> Even if nothing has changed at all, sometimes that's a good thing, you know, but if, if, if it's for those people who maybe do get under your skin, you know, think of the long term and remember in their own way, they're trying their best, just like you are. And we have to remember that relationships, friendships, family, coworkers, the guy walking his dog down the street, it's all a two-way street, man. We, we, we live in this world where everyone needs two-way relationships. I, I'm a firm believer of that. I, I believe we all need each other. I think we all can learn from each other and can pull from each other's experiences and, and better ourselves by taking the time to stop and humble ourselves and just listen or maybe not be so focused on the screen that's in front of you or your agenda, your schedule, your busyness, your excuses to keep yourself busy and guarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, hey, I'm talking from experience. I know, I know. But hey, going back to the point, we need the two-wayness. I need the two-wayness. I need people to come my way. It feels good to be to be asked, how are you doing? What's up? What's going on? And in, in return, I need to do the same to those people in my life. And, and even the people that I don't feel super close to, if I think of someone or if I happen to run across someone at the store, that doesn't happen very often. Since we're still in a pandemic, if you didn't know, we're still in a pandemic. Uh, but, you know, it can happen. And when you have those opportunities, are you doing the thing that you so badly want others to do for you? That's a whole nother question. That's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother session. <laughs> but really, check in on yourself and check yourself. Are you good? Are you treating yourself well? Are you treating the one person that you wish could be really just different, something else. Wish they could have just handled that one time or the 5,000 times differently. Are you giving them what you so badly need and want? It's worth asking. It's worth asking. I'll just say this. 
I think that life sometimes is literally like driving in traffic. I've been driving a lot of, in traffic recently. Uh, I live in Nashville. Nashville has a lot of traffic. If you drive up and down 65 around five o'clock, you're going to be sitting in traffic and you have a couple options here. You can be that guy who weaves in and out of traffic impatiently and almost causes an accident or does cause an accident and then causes everyone to just sit in traffic for even longer periods of time. And you're going to hurt somebody else um, or, or potentially hurt yourself. Or you can just hang, go with the flow. I was once told in high school that what I needed in life was an old beat up Volkswagen Beetle. Not some flashy car, not some cool truck, but that rugged car that is beaten up and forces you to slow down and look at your surroundings. Forces you to sit there and take in the things that you don't notice on the side of the road. Maybe some beauty, maybe some interesting, um, I don't know, do you have a sculpture? Maybe your, your your neighbor's 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 bushes or or Halloween decorations look cute. There's something that we're all missing because, I mean, you know, most of us, maybe some of us. Let's okay. Let's dial it back to some of us are probably going through life right now in survival mode, trying to get from point A to point B, and you're just zooming in and out, weaving through the lanes. Some of us, maybe we've had some good things go down. Maybe we've pulled off to the side of the road. Maybe we made that that pit stop and or, or went to that vacation spot and we got out of the traffic. We were able to have a break from the monotony. But then you get back in your lane and guess what? The drama didn't stop for everyone else. The busyness doesn't stop for the rest of the world. But it shouldn't stop you from stopping, checking in, checking yourself. I didn't write this down, man. I'm, hey, I got no script. I'm, I'm just, I'm sitting here. Hey, today my guest is Keisha Jackson, and I'm so excited for everyone to hear the conversation that we have. I probably say that every time that I do a podcast, I'm so excited that you get to hear this person in this conversation. I mean it. Uh, Keisha and I have been friends for the last few years since I moved to Nashville and we got to work in the studio together. I was privileged to get to engineer and also do a little bit of percussion on a few tracks for Keisha. Keisha has written a handful of songs and has released, I believe, one or two songs. I'll have to double check when I in this, but they're on Spotify under Perfect 10. Um, I believe the one song that is out is I Know, and I would encourage everyone to go check it out. I will do my best to post all the links and all the things, but what I'm more excited about, other than all the artistic stuff you know, that we've done together, I'm really excited that we got to just hang and talk about where we are as humans and just really sit with the things that we're learning and the things that Keisha brought to this conversation, I needed to hear. I needed to hear again as I went through and edited the episode. 
and it's I'm, I'm just very grateful and I'm glad that you all get to listen in on this as well. I say this every week. You guys can always write to me at clockworknightspodcast at gmail.com. I've already received some very insightful emails. I may not have written back to each of them, but I promise you if there was an email sent by today, October 18th, I have read it. And I want to say thank you for everything that you've communicated to me. I appreciate that someone is willing to take the time and write and open up about themselves to me. That is, you know, not expected. It's it's offered. I put it out there. I would love to communicate outside of this box of audio, you know, where it's very one way. <laughs> but the email allows two way, and I appreciate that. It, it sounds like some of the episodes have resonated with people and have meant something, and and that really warms my heart. I'm glad to hear that the things that are being talked about are helping shape and mold others. It just warms warms me up inside. <laughs> but yes, feel free to write to me. Leave a comment on any of the posts that I make on Instagram, Facebook, yada, yada. You know, send me a DM. It, it, you can do whatever. I'm just putting it out there. You can if you want. You do not have to. <laughs> oh, ooh, score update. It is now 11 to 3 Red Sox. I think they've got game number three in the bag. I think we can do it. And then we just need one more. Those freaking Astros will not make it to the World Series again, thankfully. Please, Kyle Schwarber, all of you Red Sox, all of you Boston, everyone from Massachusetts, let's band together, everyone in the American League, and let's give the the, the Boston Red Sox, Red, Red Sox, let's give the Sox, is that how you say it? Let's see, it's wicked smart. Red Sox. Yeah, I have a terrible Boston Sox. Let's give them all of our good vibes so that way they can make it to the World Series and Kosh Weber can really give it back to the Cubs and be like, look at me, you traded me, ha ha. But he's a super humble dude, so I'm sure he wouldn't do that. But 11 to three, go Sox. All right, Keisha Jackson is on the show today. Keisha and I had a long conversation. We caught up. We haven't seen each other in a year now. And we we go for it. We just, just if there was a cliff that this conversation could jump off of, we jumped off of it. We went deep. And we went soul searching into the waters of this conversation. Oh my goodness, all the illustrations. <laughs> But I'm so excited to introduce to you my good friend, Perfect Ten herself, Keisha. I can hear you. Oh my gosh. What <laughs> the was... heck? It was me. It wasn't the computer. It okay. was great. Cause I was like, I I'm off work for the next like nine days. And I was just like, I do not want to open my work laptop. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't want you to either. I'm, I'm yeah. I, I cool. understand that. Oh my word. What a lesson. Thank you. For what was patience. wrong? What'd you fix? Um, so I had everything in the computer set up to do 
you know, the the microphone and the headphones that I need to do for the studio stuff. And then mm-hmm. on the Zoom, you have to do do an extra step where you still have to select your input and output in Zoom. Gotcha. Like that's, that's just freaking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but you look great. How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Good. Are you you you're not in Nashville? Yeah, you're like I I don't have a home. <laughs> <laughs> I've been everywhere. Right now, I'm in Cincinnati at my brother's. Okay. And um, I'll be in Chattanooga tomorrow. And then the day after that, I'll be in Atlanta. And I'll be in Atlanta for the whole weekend. And then I'll finally go back to Memphis. (laughs) That is a trek. Right? Yeah. So, like, you just... You're seeing family, doing all the family yeah, stuff? Yeah, like, this entire year, I've been everywhere. I spent some time in Atlanta with Meg. Then I spent some time with my family in Michigan. And I've been in Memphis with my parents for most of the time. And I've been in Nashville a little bit too. And you didn't say <laughs> hi. <Erica. laughs> I, I say didn't hi really say hi. I didn't say hi to anybody really because yeah, it was fine. like, <laughs> it was just super stressful. Like this year has been crazy. It's so yeah. weird because it's like better than last year, but also worse in some ways. It's like 2020.20. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I got these blankets up just because it it helps with the sound. Audio, I don't yeah. Have, You're yeah, definitely I don't, an audio guy. <laughs> I maybe, knew there was a reason. <laughs> you think maybe I'm the guy who's into audio? Maybe. <laughs> How'd you figure that one out? What? <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't know? even ask. I was like, I just knew. I was just like, yeah, that's definitely there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's cute. That's better. Now it's like hugging me. You can't see it, but they're like hugging me in this direction. <laughs> so seriously, how are you doing? I'm what's, good. I'm what's good. new? Man, all of the things and nothing at the same time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Er- earlier when we, when we greeted, you said that this year has been like just as insane as last year. Yeah. It's been better than last year, but but worse in some cases too. Hanging out with family. Yeah. Tra- family like, and friends. Yeah. Cool. And birthday, right? Yes, my birthday yeah. is this weekend. Nice. And is it the tenth? Is it ten yeah. ten? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Because yes, I remember the name. Perfect. Yeah. 10. Yeah. And it's been what a year since we've been able to hang out now. Yeah, it's been a year. Because I, I think, yeah, two weeks ago was a year that I left Nashville. And I can't believe it's been a year already. It's so weird. Yeah. I remember so we were in the studio and you were talking about like, I'm going to be gone. Like, right. Heading out. <laughs> this is the last time you're going to see weeks. me for a minute. Yeah. And then for, you know, <laughs> so the crazy. last, the other last memory I have is like, we get out the cake and everyone's crying and there's yeah. a lot of music. And well, there's always a lot of music, but like, of course, you know, cake and more drinks. So that was that fun. That was so good. Yeah, it was. Where did we get that? Who got that? I don't know, but they did a good job. <laughs> I think. Did we do ice cream cake? Yeah, it was. Ice yeah. Cream cake. Okay, that was me. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> that was you. Where'd yeah, you was get it? Publix. They have the best ice cream cake. Oh cakes. my gosh. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. I'm. I always go to Publix for my cakes, but I've never had ice cream cake from there. But now I know I can go there and get that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just as good, if not better, oh than DQ, which I think DQ is like the standard. Yeah. You know, perfection of an ice cream cake. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Publix Cakes is the way to go. Yeah. And marble is my favorite. And red okay. Velvet. Red and which marble is also chocolate based. Yeah, chocolate and vanilla. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I remember the first time I saw a cake like that was for a wedding when I was a kid. 
it was a friend of ours who was Brazilian and she was American and they had like a traditional Ooh. Brazilian cake. And I just remember it being like marble and, and so many layers of vanilla and chocolate. And that sounds so good. Oh yeah. Now I want cake at <laughs> Me too. 1230. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. The next time you come up, let's go get some marble cake and, yes. and hang out. Yes. So are you, go ahead. I was just about to say, I need to figure out when I'm coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'll definitely hit you up. Are you are you now in Memphis or yeah, Atlanta? Home okay. base is Memphis. Okay, home base <laughs> is now. Memphis. Yes. Yeah. And is that yeah. where you are from originally? Are you from the South or are you from Michigan? I'm actually from Nashville. <laughs> I'm from East Nashville. Oh my gosh. How did... Yeah, nobody ever... Whenever I tell people that, they don't believe me. But like, we moved to Laverne when I was six. So um, yeah, Laverne in 96. I was basically one of very, very, very few black kids in the class. Oh, it's like me okay. and one black. Sure. Dude. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's definitely culture shock. And I lived in Laverne for most of my life. I lived there till high school. And then we moved to Texas and then I graduated in Texas. And then my parents moved to Memphis. And then two months later, I went to college in Auburn. <laughs> so you've predominantly stayed in the South. Yeah. The whole time. My entire life. Yeah. And you and the other kid, were you the only kids who graduated that were, were Black in your class or did it grow? Well, it definitely grew quickly. Yeah. Um, I would say, I feel like around middle school is whenever there were a little more Black people. <laughs> in okay. Yeah. And then like, high school, that's whenever it was like, okay, yeah. Because we graduated around the same time, same mm-hmm. era, I think. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I I don't like so to too. cry, but we'll... I mean, you can cry. I, I would have graduated... <laughs> I was homeschooled and I would have graduated in 2004, but I took a super senior year and gr- hung around for another year to 05. So yeah, yeah I graduated I'm, I'm, 08. Okay. Yeah. So same. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're in the, same age. we're in the, the same decade yeah. club. <laughs> when, whenever someone uh, gets into the thirties, I'm just like, you made it into the club. Just come on in. Welcome. Yes. Welcome. Come yeah. on in. We've been waiting. <laughs> yes. The best years are yet to come. Seriously. I I feel like the things that I'm handling now in this year, had I been handed these issues even six years ago, just like towards the, the end of my 20s, uh-huh. no freaking way. No Same. freaking way. Like Same. I... I know the things I was going through six years ago when I was at 29 and like, it was some heavy shit and yeah. thinking about the things I'm dealing with now. It's like, if you were to add just one more layer to what I was going through six years ago, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't handle those things well six years ago and did the best that I could, but man, like I'm just so happy to be where I am now. And, and I'm hoping that in six more years or even six months from now, I'm even happier. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I definitely feel like once you turn 30, it's like that transitional phase of going from surviving to thriving Mm. because like you've already like, you have that foundation. Like for me, it was like, I graduated college, got this job, but like, it's also like kind of hard because it's like, I'm still kind of struggling with the whole adult thing. Because I still don't Who consider isn't? myself an Dude, adult. I'm 17. 
I have not matured past 17. Right. And I, I feel like because I don't meet those standards of what I thought an adult was as a child, I still kind of slick don't consider myself an adult. But also that kind of works in my favor because when you think you're young, you you stay young <laughs> and you live longer. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like a perpetual thing, but it's kind of good. You know, it has its benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Like I was just having a, a conversation earlier this morning. It's just you just go at your own pace. You just right, exactly. And that's know, a, it's it's unlearning a lot of things that you learned as a child, mm. and then like kind of rebranding it <laughs> in okay. the eyes of you know who you are now. Like what? Like for me, a big one was love for me. Mm. I feel like a lot of people don't know what love really is. And I feel like a lot of people go their entire lives, like, just acting like they're loving people without actually loving people. Okay, well, we're we're getting, we're getting deep, like, right out of the gate. Yeah, they're just doing what they saw their parents do or what they saw people did on TV. And they have no idea what love truly is. And like once I realized that, like this is like I'd say about six years ago, seven. Mm. I was just like, dang, <laughs> I just got <laughs> out of a like serious relationship. Mm. And I was just like, man, like I really have to figure out what love is because what I thought it was is not that. This is not feel good. I'm not gonna continue with this. And I don't want to pass this along to the next generation. Like, I want to make sure I'm straight before I get married and have kids. Hmm. So that's when I was like, I need therapy, but I can't afford it. (laughs) So (laughs) I started reading books and stuff. Yeah. Like life changing. And now I've been in therapy for like three years. And I mean, it's it's an ongoing process. I'm still learning. You found a good person? Yes. I love her. She's like my friend. (laughs) Cool. I know she's not my friend, but right. she's the friend that I just, you know, vent to. So I and, don't like have to throw all that shit on my real friends. Yeah. And that's it has it been the same person the whole time? Uh no, actually. That's okay. <laughs> no, there's this story. That's, I have to tell the story. Sure. <laughs> we used to work together, you know, we had that program where you could like go through this questionnaire and you find a therapist. Yeah. Well, I found one and everything like was going great. And then all of a sudden I got an email that my therapist was no longer like in the system Mm. because apparently she was stealing. (laughs) And I was like, what the heck? So, okay. And had you seen this person? Like you Um, met them? Yeah. I like had three sessions with her (laughs) and like, you know, it's already hard to find a good therapist. And then for me, like I wanted a black woman because like our experience is significantly different than other people Mm -hmm. and I was just like dang like I just told you all of my trauma for my entire life and now I have to find somebody else and go through it all over again three sessions yeah and that's so much work like the first ones for me always like the can I hang with you like Mm -hmm. are we are we good at making eye contact like I'm I'm almost more outside of my body and I am inside, like ready to say what I need to say, or even answer simple, like I am from Indiana. I moved to Nashville. I'm like, just <laughs> <laughs> like it just feels like I'm very nervous. So, like, probably by the third or fourth session, if it were me, that's when I'm starting to be like, 
Right. You get comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Like chest no, cracks okay. open. Yeah. She's cool. So yeah. And I then, can go ahead and be myself. Yeah. And then they're shady. Now they're <laughs> she's gone. And now I have to find somebody else. Oh no. So That's yeah. Terrible. Uh, but I've the, the next person I went to is the therapist that I have now, and it all worked out. Sweet. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, of course, on this podcast, I encourage people to, you know, get brain therapy, get mental health and do all that stuff. But then the reality is, is sometimes we are so focused on going and getting the help that we don't think about who we're spending that time with. And sometimes therapists are not good therapists. And I've heard multiple people in my life tell me about terrible experiences with therapists or there's a, you know, there's certain um subgenres i guess of uh-huh. therapists i think is maybe the, the yeah. best way to put it and then some of the things that they're going to advise are not great methods <laughs> yeah like so, some are just like better in different like categories yeah and they like offer different like tools to help you in certain situations so i guess that's the best way to put it yeah. Yeah. And if like you're a victim or a survivor and then you're being pushed to go do this thing and then now you're sitting in front of someone who potentially could also be harmful, like it's just an interesting and vulnerable spot to be in. So uh-huh. I always encourage people like if they're checking someone out for therapy and I'm like, if you don't like them, go to the next person on the list. Yeah, like place another phone call. It's just like, like dating. <laughs> it, like, yeah. I haven't done that in a minute, but I guess you're <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I've, you know, this is going to be a side tangent. Mm-hmm. I'm always here for tangents. <laughs> it just came up. I have never done the speed dating or the like multiple dating thing. I've I've only been in like couch your blessings, like a relationship. <laughs> yeah. I maybe in high school there was a couple like times where it was like oh like I'm kind of talking to this person and then this person and then feeling things out with both. But like past that, past like being an adult. (laughs) (laughs) I try being an adult in your thirties, never married, no kids. You've done that. (laughs) Like what's crazy is I literally like just downloaded an app yesterday. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm kind of feeling myself. I feel like I'm me again. I want to get out yeah. there, be social. You know, when I'm in these different cities, I want to have a good time. Mm. But now I'm just like, I don't, I don't think dating is it for me. Okay. And is it like, <laughs> so hard? you just said like you're out in these different areas. Like, is, is there a side of it where you're like, just going to see what happens. But then also there's an aspect of just, it's nice to hang out with people that you might have things in common or yeah, look, that element? To be honest, I don't, I've learned not to have expectations and mm. just let things flow. And, <laughs> but also like, I have to keep in mind that I'm in my thirties. I'm a woman. I want kids. So, you know, there's the biological clock thing. <laughs> so it's a very complicated situation. Cause you want things to be casual, fun and flirty, but also it's like, bruh, like, we-, we got like two to three years for me to <laughs> drop the first baby. Yo. Oh my goodness. I think <laughs> so it's like this- you don't want to come off too strong, but also it's like, don't waste my time. Yeah. I I mean, lit- okay. I'm not a doctor, but I can kind of understand certain aspects of that conversation because of my age and not having kids yet. 
And I've just been encouraged with the facts as of late, like people are having kids later. Yes. Janet Jackson. She's uh, really my go-to. She had a baby at 50. No way. She would. (laughs) I mean, yeah, look at (laughs) her. Yeah. Like she's a Jackson. She's like, what, what can she not do? Right. And I'm glad Um, you said that because I'm a Jackson and what? Oh my gosh. That's right. (laughs) Yes. There you go. You got those jeans. Just, yeah, just pull right. from pull from from Auntie Janet. Right. Know, just <laughs> channel that. Yeah. Even though we're definitely not related, but in my yeah. head we are. <laughs> yeah. No. I, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So before we go any further, look, I I do want to say, and if I ask any stupid white people questions, you can just shoot me straight. You and I are friends outside of this interview, and yes. anything I say, like you can roll your eyes or laugh and be like. You know what you just did. So like when I asked about like, were you the only two black kids who graduated, you know, 10 years later? Um, I mean, that's a valid question though. Yeah. like I think I mean, that's a valid question because like some places that are like, and I don't want to say Laverne is like rural because it's not, but at that time it really was like, that was before Laverne had like got the, the population and started to develop. It like literally started people literally just started moving there. So like, Hmm. I remember like having to go to either Antioch or Smyrna for like Walmart and uh, like Burger King, like just certain shit. Laverne just didn't have because it was still really small. Yeah. And Laverne's like a good 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I only know very few people who live in that area and I can only imagine like currently... Um, house hunting and doing that whole game and learning the different areas of Nashville. And it's like, if you go just an extra five to 10 minutes in one or any direction, like the culture changes. It does. It really does. Literally. You don't even have to go five minutes in a direction. You can literally go across the street in certain parts, especially East Nashville. Like I always refer to that. Cause you know, that's even though I only live there I think a few years before we moved when I was six, it's still like, I still have those memories with my family. And like, even though we lived in Laverne, I would always come back to East Nashville every Sunday for church because my grandfather founded a church and that was the church we went to every Sunday. So like, I still had that like ingrained in me. East Nashville is still home. And like, when I go now, it's just, so different yeah it's so different and it's so crazy because like i know people want to move there that's where the hipsters are now but it's still like it's still the hood i don't care what anybody says mm. i don't care how many tall and skinnies go up i don't care how <laughs> pretty the apartment complex is down the street the yeah. trap house is around the corner and i'm i'm not here for it <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of questions mom's dad or, or dad's dad what who's the- my dad's dad Okay. So you founding pastor of, of that church. Yeah, it was his stepdad actually. Okay. As someone who grew up in East Nashville, and you just kind of touched on some of the changes that have happened there. As a person of color who grew up there and now seeing how it's been heavily gentrified and the neighborhood has predominantly changed to this um I don't know, like a luxurious kind of hip part of town yeah what's that like like is it does it feel like you're you're invading my space 
it's okay. conflicting because it's like part of me is excited about the growth of Nashville because you know I haven't lived in Nashville my whole life I love Dallas Dallas is huge amazing a melting pot of a whole bunch of different kinds of people and there's always something to do and I feel like Nashville is kind of turning into that but it's lacking on the like diversity side mm. and I just don't like the way that people are being pushed out. So like, yeah, I know sometimes you'll see like developments and like, you'll see houses, like literally a street of like beautiful new houses. And then you'll see like the house that's been there for like the past 50 years. And it's yeah. like, you know, somebody's waiting for them to sell so that they can throw up a dollar skinny right there. <laughs> it, or like two or three of them on that. One right. Lot. Yeah. And, think- and like, even like my mom, she was, I'd say like, she was raised in the Wedgwood area. Yeah. And um, I feel like the house, like they grew up in, I think there actually is a tall and skinny there now, mm. like in their neighborhood. So it's like, <laughs> when my parents come to Nashville, they're like tourists now because nothing <laughs> looks the same <laughs> and nothing is where they thought it was. <laughs> Yeah, it's just crazy because like you have all of these memories connected mm. to like these neighborhoods, these buildings, and then you know there are people that used to live in these places, and it's like, well, where are they now? You know. Mm. So yeah, it's yeah. Weird. I don't like it. I mean, yeah, I but it's like what the Libra in me is just like, what's the happy medium? How can we make everybody mm. happy? Like I see both sides. You know, it's good for the community in certain ways. You want people of all, you know, backgrounds to be together, grow, build up the community. But at the same time, it's like you don't want people coming and pushing others out. There's like a total difference. Yeah. I remember 10 years ago coming down to Nashville, starting to see the signs of we'll buy your house. Mm -hmm. You know, developers like there were billboards everywhere in Madison, East Nashville. And I, I was coming in from out of town and noticed it. Right. You know, it's like, I'm not even from here. And I yeah. can tell. Like, and the you thing is, just like, it's it. changed so much just in 10 years. Imagine, like, the changes that I've seen since, like, the 90s. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's outrageous. So, Laverne, was you were there until high school. And then right after high school, did you do the yeah, school thing? So, I was in Laverne 10 years from 96 to 2006. And that was my sophomore year in high school and then um i was in texas for two years until i graduated okay so you graduated in in dallas yeah in dallas fort worth okay much bigger school well (laughs) not really like we still lived in the suburbs so like my family were big on like we want to have access to a nice city but we don't want to live in it (laughs) Mm. and um my parents were like really big on us having a good education so we were actually like technically our address at Fort Worth, but I went to Saginaw High School, which is like a suburb north of Fort Worth. And like, it was so funny because it was another culture shock situation because I come from Laverne and like Laverne isn't that great of a school. And I get to my new school and there's carpet in the hallways. I'm like, the fuck? What'd you have before? It was like, just regular like floor, you know? Tile? Yeah. yeah. Like that musty kind of like you're right. at school, but it feels like you're but this, at a precinct. 
we're the first graduating class. So it smelled new. Like, mm. and the thing is, I can't even describe what a new school smells like. Yeah. Because, you know, like new car smells like, but like, yeah. it was just different. And there was like Mercedes Benz buses. And I was just like, this what? Is- yes. In Texas? Yes. But the Damn. thing is, in Texas, they have ISDs, independent school districts. Okay. And um, they like, I don't even know like the ins and outs about it, but I know like the funding was there and they really like took care of their kids and their staff. Mm. And like whenever um, I talk to people that have been like teachers, they've always told me like Texas was the best place for them to be a teacher. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely an experience. And then like culturally it was different because this was like 2006. So like there were a lot of people there from New Orleans after Katrina. Mm. and like literally like I said it was a small town so it was I feel like it was very like white and black but of course we were in Texas because and then there's like Hispanics and stuff but like I just feel like everybody assumed I was from New Orleans because I was black (laughs) okay and I was just like uh no I'm not (laughs) but it was like really weird for me because I didn't have anybody I could like hang out with and you know I'm an introvert it was hard for me to like find a crew to fit in with. Like when I was in Laverne, we had, I was always like in AP honors classes and mm. there were other black people in those classes, other girls that I could like relate to and be friends with. But like whenever I got to Texas, it was like, okay, so there, there aren't <laughs> any other black girls there. There mm. were a couple black dudes or whatever, but like, it's different to hang out with, you know, like whenever you want to make new friends, you kind of want girlfriends if you're a girl. Yeah. <laughs> so like that wasn't there. And that was like really hard for me. Mm, I sorry. really thought that I was going to, you know, graduate from Laverne with my friends, go to prom, do all of that because we literally have been together since like kindergarten. So yeah. So what happened? What was, what was the move about? Um, it was my dad's job, actually. He got a promotion and he mm. actually like got to a point in um, the business where he could only like get a promotion if he moved to a different city. Mm. That's so, rough. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. it's it's good, but the, the toll that it takes on the family and the changes that can happen, like yeah. that's rough. I've But I'm grateful for it though, because good. like meeting the people and um, having the experiences is definitely changed who I am as a person and you're frozen. <laughs> did, did you hear that? What? No. <laughs> are we, are we back? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll just yeah, touch just the computer saying. to make sure it doesn't. Yeah. I heard you. I, I think I got it all. Okay. gotcha. Yeah. That cool. you're grateful for it and the, the different people you got to meet. Yeah. 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 And I'm just glad because like whenever I came back to middle Tennessee, I was definitely like, meeting people that had never left. And I was just Mm. like, I'm so glad. Like I got to experience something different. Yeah. I lived in Oklahoma for like nine months when I was in middle school and I didn't think anything of it, you know, until we moved back. Um, It was just one of those things where it's like my dad's job really wasn't working out as great as he had hoped for in our, the house that I grew up in didn't sell. So we just decided to move back and, and mm-hmm. um, instead of paying two payments, a, a house payment and a rent payment, I wasn't paying for it. My parents were paying for it. <laughs> I just <laughs> was old enough. you're definitely affected though, because you're in the yeah. household. <laughs> yeah. But like, I didn't think about that until I moved back into the neighborhood. 
And when I lived in Tulsa, the apartment complex that we lived in, it was not like today when I drive past some of the, these apartment complexes in the the Brineock and Nippers Corner area, mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, these are nice. They're these are nice. really nice. And That's the a ones, nice area though. Yeah. And like, but the apartments I lived in, I think we thought they were going to be nice. And then we got into them and like, it was rough. Like some of the, the experiences that shaped me in middle school, not, I was homeschooled, so they didn't come from school, but they came from living in Tulsa for nine months and Mm. just seeing fights or avoiding fights all the time. (laughs) It's like, I grew up real quick, you know, with some social skills. Like I learned what, that you just don't engage with bullies at certain points. And, but yeah, like moving back to Indiana and back to the neighborhood that I grew up in, I felt tougher. And I was just like, you guys are squawking over Pokemon cards and like just the fun stuff. Like, Oh my gosh, the nostalgia Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like Pokemon cards. And then, Oh, Pogs. Do you remember Pogs? No, it's that. Oh, I think they were these little like discs that you could collect and McDonald's did them for a minute. I didn't get Whatever. That. Yeah. So po- <laughs> Pokemon and Pogs were like around the same era. And I just remember like these kids, you know, the kids that I grew up around, like they're still doing like the good stuff, the fun stuff and like mm-hmm. having the stupid fights that like don't that kids matter. should be having. Yeah. And I just remember <laughs> back to me like, wait, you guys are still doing the same stuff a year later? Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, I mean, there were gangs in Tulsa. It was, there were like the Latins and, the, mm-hmm. you know, like everyone just felt, why did I just pick on the Latins? I didn't mean to pick on the Latins. Like everyone felt like kind of divided and had their own group and yeah. not being from there and being homeschooled. I guess that's kind of where it started for me that I felt like I kind of floated in between groups and I was kind of the peacemaker. Like I could go, once I learned to shut my mouth, like I could go hang out with a couple of the Mexican guys and they ended up having my back a few times, which was, uh-huh. that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> whatever stories. But, uh, so Texas, <laughs> you, you, you graduated from there and then you said you went to Auburn. Was that where you went yeah. to school after Texas? Yeah. Yeah. So we literally moved <laughs> a week after I graduated to Memphis and, um, like I said, we're suburbans. I'm not a city girl <laughs> at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, uh, well, we moved to a suburb on the east side. Yeah, Memphis is like, it's it's not really home, but like that's where mm. I go and see my family and celebrate holidays. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a new home. Right, but it's like weird because like I just have my parents there. I don't have anybody else there. So in college, like everybody would go home and get to hang with friends. And I went home to parents. <laughs> other, so you have other siblings? <laughs> yeah, I have a brother. He's like six and a half years younger than me, though. So, mm. yeah, that was a major difference. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm seven years apart, like from my nearest sibling. <laughs> really? Are you older or younger? I'm the baby. I am the only boy. I have two older sisters and we're all seven years apart. So really? Yeah. My oldest sister, by the time I was six or seven, she was married. And then by the time I was 12, I was an uncle. So yeah, I've, I've been, I've been an uncle for a long time now. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. I definitely have an uncle and an aunt that are younger than me. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, they just like had that. a baby and my cousin is one. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned that you were a suburb kid. What did you do for fun as a suburb kid? What, what was that like in your home? Um, I was definitely an overachiever. I was in everything. So like starting off like an elementary middle school, I played basketball and literally basketball was all my life. Yeah. I, I played for the school. I played for the rec league. I played AAU. I played in summer league. Like, I never that knew that. Was, that was a lot of my life. Yeah. And yeah. Who Did you have a basketball idol? Um... Not really, but like when you said that Pat Summit came to mind, I always wanted to like play for her mm. at UT. Like yeah. that was my dream. I remember that name. <laughs> yes, legendary RIP. But yeah. uh like I didn't I didn't really watch WNBA mm-hmm. and like I remember watching like Michael Jordan with my dad and stuff as a kid, but sure. I I don't I don't really have anybody. Like I had my favorite players, but I didn't have anybody that I was like, uh, like I am with Beyonce, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So when did Beyonce enter the picture? Cause um, Beyonce entered the picture as Destiny's Child yes. when I was younger. Yeah. Yes. I can proudly say that I've seen Destiny's Child live and Beyonce. Not many people can say that. Wow. Yes. And yeah, that was like one of my first concerts. I'll never forget it because like it was a surprise. I came home from school and like at that time, it was sixth grade at that time. My mom was never home whenever I got home from school. So I was like, what are you doing here? She was like sitting <laughs> on the couch watching TV. And then I get to my room and I have like a camo outfit on my bed and the tickets. It oh was my a survivor gosh. tour. So I was like freaking what? out. What? Yeah. Who else was on that tour? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was Nelly. 3LW, Eve, and Dream, like the the four girl pop group. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. I want to say that was like 2002, 2001 or something. Yeah. Was it indoor, outdoor? Do you remember? It was outdoor. It was at Starwood, which is Starwood. Yeah. But I loved it. It was amazing. That's so cool. And so before. Talk to me about like before the show, like your mom obviously knew you were a fan and that this would be good. Like posters on the wall. Yes, I definitely had posters on the wall. I actually, uh, let's see here. Who was on my wall? It was Destiny's Child, 3LW, and then like Bow Wow, B2K, <laughs> NSYNC. I have been in NSYNC. At first I was a closet NSYNC fan because I was the kid that, Everybody made fun of me because I wasn't black enough. And then like, it's, yeah. What does that mean? the whole thing. Well, I told you I grew up in the suburbs. Uh-huh. So like <laughs> my family, every now and then I would get made fun of because I wasn't black enough. So like I talked like a white girl, <laughs> like people would literally call the house and I would answer and they would hang up and I'd call <laughs> right back. And like, they would say they thought they like got family the members. Number. Yeah. <laughs> They thought they had the wrong number. I'll never forget that happened before. But uh, oh, that makes me want to go and like hug, <laughs> like the smaller version of yourself, and just be like, "It's gonna be right. okay." Yeah, like I used to get made fun of all the time, so I like literally did not let anyone know I was an NSYNC fan until they got on 106 and Park, and Nelly was on the girlfriend track. 
them. It was like, okay, it's cool. I can like them now because other black people like them too. Yeah. <laughs> but I was a huge fan. Like I had NSYNC puzzles, posters. I had the No Strings Attached tour on VHS. Like I love JT. Yeah. I know someone who saw, I think, NSYNC played at Nissan possibly. <laughs> Like, I didn't what? get to go. No strings attached. Oh, so that was yes. it? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. That's why sorry. I ended up with the VHS. It's okay. Uh, I've seen my... Justin before. It's it's all good. Yeah. I yeah. He's he's on my list. I haven't seen JT either, but after that album that he did with Timbaland, like it was just like new new version from there yeah. on out of JT. Like he just reinvented himself, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's great. I love him. We'll yeah. always love him. If you haven't already, watch his special on Netflix. I have with the Tennessee. Um, oh, what's the name of the band? I think but it's just the Tennessee Kids, right? Tennessee Kids, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. It's a fun time. Right. Yes, it was really good. I was sad I didn't get to see that too in the 2020 tour, but I saw him in the Man of the Woods tour. Man of the Woods tour. Okay, that's. That was that's a little outside album. of my scope. Of, <laughs> yeah, that's that was of just a knowledge. Album. Like, I want to say that was 2018 or 2019. Mm. 2018 sounds right. Okay. Yeah, I'll have, to, <laughs> I'll have to check it out. I'm sure there's something on there that I'd be like, how have I never listened to this before? Like, I'm a sucker for pop music. I know everyone too. may associate me with like heavier music or just, you know, louder music rock music, whatever, but like, I am a sucker for pink. Um, I love pink, like, but I, I have some feelings about her though, because like, okay. you know how she initially came out as an R&B artist. Yes. And then all of a sudden she just, I feel like she doesn't own that part of her in her interviews and stuff, mm. which I love her either way. Like music is yeah. music, talent is talent. I don't care, but it's just like, dang, like you got some hits. Yeah. Like I love that side of you too. So like I like part of me kind of wonders like where was she at like mentally and emotionally at that time and why is that always excluded? Because I recently like watched her special on Amazon Prime. Oh, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, her documentary and it's so beautiful. It's so cute. She's like the best mom and like yeah. superwoman because like she's on tour and being a mom at the same time. And she had and kids just, later in life too, right? You know what? I don't know. I would assume that she's older than us. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about that. Well, maybe not Janet Jack's older Jackson older than right. life, but you but know, yeah, like definitely older not traditionally than, exactly. You know, you know whatever yeah, whatever that nothing means. Nothing is traditional about pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, the song when I lived in Germany, the song Dear Mr. President was on the radio a lot her song mm. to to George W. Bush. And yeah. I wondered why I wasn't hearing that song anymore for four years, <laughs> for the last <laughs> you know four or five years. Like, you know, that just was a, a very touching song. I feel like it didn't get the recognition it needed at the time. I and don't it, think it, I've heard it. Really? I feel like I should know that though. Oh, it's beautiful. I'm going to go listen to it. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, it's you know, like she's sitting down to write a letter to the president about you know, why are you, you know, basically uh, ignoring people's rights or um, yeah. preying upon the innocent, and you know, yet like protecting your own kind of 
thing. Like it's been a minute since I've read the the, the lyrics or listened to the song myself, but yeah, it's a good one. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So when you and I hung out last time, we were working on some music together and we've worked on music on and off for like a year and yeah, a half Yeah, it was like a year. Yeah, a year. Almost two years because the first time we were in studio was in November. Oh, wow. 2019. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I've been having also that that psychological thing where I'm trying to remember <laughs> the end of 19 going into 20. Right. Yeah. And it that it, it takes it's a little a blur. bit more work. Yeah. Yeah. And for so, me, it's like 2020 didn't even happen. Because I'll say, oh, yeah, last year I did this. And last year to me is still 2019. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Well, and I mean, you know, and we don't have to go down this, you know, we don't have to walk this path if we don't want to. But like, you know, there was obviously the pandemic. There was, mm-hmm. you know, the the BLM stuff was happening in the the spring and summertime. But then, you know, I, I know that you and I knew someone who had passed and then we probably knew other people who had close people who were passing. And, and I can think of just a few people off the top of my head that I know who lost loved ones either to COVID or for, you know, other reasons. And wow, when they, when they say that like when, when trauma kicks in and really like causes things to be cloudy... Right. Like, and you repress things. And sometimes you just totally like don't remember things to protect yourself from the trauma. Yeah. And like when I review that time in my head, I see like a black and white TV, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that a year ago seems really long ago for me because I've also had traumatic experiences in 21, but. Mm Man, a year ago was really heavy for both of us because we lost yeah. someone, you know, that you were. Yeah. And for me at that time, I literally lost someone three weeks in a row, my age or younger. So like that was heavy. And it was, it, it wasn't like, you know, they passed in their sleep. It was like traumatic events. So mm. that was really heavy for me. August will never be the same for me again. Ever. It's a hard month for me too. Yeah. It, it's it's hard because it's one of the hottest months and you're towards the end of a really hot long spell in the summer mm-hmm. it just seems like nothing in the universe lets up in july and august like once the fourth happens i'm always just like you know what i'm ready to go hide out i just want to be in air condition oh, i don't no. like want to hang out with people because it's it, it the heat makes me feel claustrophobic mm-hmm. and crazy and then just, you know, having lost people or had other events happen in, in late summer for me, it's just like, it's hard for me to in, enjoy the rest of my yeah, summer. That's you know? triggering. Yeah. I but get it. yeah. So how, how do you feel like you've been navigating all of that this year? Like, is, it's definitely been a struggle. So like, For me, the past year and a half, I've lost about 10 people I know that's my age or younger. And like, that's not normal (laughs) to me. Like, you know, like 
it's I don't want to say it. I mean, it is normal for older people to die. And it's, you know, it's never fun when anybody dies. Right. But like every you see people drop in like every two to three months that are like your age or younger. It's just like, damn, am I next? Like, what is going on? Mm. <laughs> so like I've been faced with my mortality like a lot. Yeah, I've just been trying to focus on me and making sure that I'm good mentally, emotionally, and physically because it all like ties in together. Like yeah. I can only I can only be my best self and show up for others whenever I show up for myself. So that yeah. was a hard lesson to learn, but I definitely needed to learn that. Mm. And um it's that thing, you know, people say you can't pour into other people's cups if your cup isn't full. And yeah, definitely live that. Yeah. But um, I've just been trying to like just experience new memories with my family and friends, seeing everybody that I didn't get to see last year. And then I've also been trying to get, um, I was about to say get in contact with, but I'm trying to get in touch with my inner child again. <laughs> so like I started like doing things that I like to do as a child. I remember... Yeah like being the helper in the kitchen whenever my grandmother was baking. So I started baking again oh, and cool. um, trying to like get back into music because yeah. like whenever I'm like really, really down and depressed or whatever, music is just like, I don't want to say it's not a thing. Like I'll listen to it, but I won't sing. Um, I very rarely wrote anything over the past year. Mm. Like I wrote a few songs and uh, I might record them, I might not. But yeah, like music has definitely not been a priority. I've just been trying to make sure that I'm straight. Yeah. I'm I'm really sorry to hear about all that. That's a lot. Thank you. Yeah, it's heavy, really heavy. Yeah. Especially like, like I said, the way people are dying. Like I know Did some people that die from COVID, but there are like some side effects of COVID that are affecting people like mentally emotionally that have caused some things so yeah yeah and it sounds like you and i have something in common where we are really good at serving others but we need to make sure that we're serving ourselves yeah in the healthy ways and that is never talked about at least the maybe this you know the the things that i grew up under in the times that you and I would have grown up in, in school or in churches, it just seems like that wasn't talked about a lot. Right. And now we're kind of in our generation coming to terms with like, Oh, you know, I don't want to look like maybe the way someone else handled this. I also don't want to look like how I have also handled this from time mm-hmm. to time. And coming to terms with that is it's rough, you know? And, yeah. And, I'll say this, like, I, I know that you and I have in our, the, the few times that we've interacted or had studio time together or worked together as coworkers, like we've had some really great conversations. Yeah. You have a really great perspective on life. And I really enjoy like learning from you whenever we hang out. Like I look forward to it because I'm like, oh man, we're going to like just be able to talk. You know, I love that. Yeah. On a you level, can't do that with a lot of people. No. And that's what I, I appreciate about you is like, you know, like you shoot, you shoot people straight. Like <laughs> if you feel comfortable, you know, like I, I know you're like me. It's like, oh, like we can do this together. Cool. Man, that sucked over there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like this whopper, like 
did they just decide to dump the whole thing of mayo on it? Like, right. Why, why do I feel like I literally said those words? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did. Cause I remember getting an impossible whopper during yep. a studio session. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you mentioned the writing thing is, um, I've always, I guess since the, the, since I've started to get to know you better, I've kind of seen you as a writer, mm-hmm. you know, in going through the the things you went over the last year, like was that just kind of put on the back burner? Um, did it kind of squelch? Like, is that a creative outlet, or is it just like a something you've had to to learn for your own therapy to journal? Like, what's that like for you? Um, all of those things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, like, like not a short question. So <laughs> yeah, I'm still learning how to interview well. I mean, you know, it's just a conversation, just dialogue. All right, cool. Pressure. But yeah, (laughs) as a kid, um, I'll never forget, I started writing poetry in eighth grade. We had like this project and I just liked it because I was able to like express myself, like me being a very quiet person, like I had a voice Hmm. and like I would just write poetry, but it was like stupid shit about like food. I yeah. Food. Yeah. <laughs> you wrote but poetry yeah, about like, food. I wrote. Well, That's like a- the project, we had like different things that we had to write about. Like, I can't explain it, but yeah, each there were each page of a book. So basically, it was a book, and each page of the book was a different type of poem. Hmm. And um, yeah, food and music was my thing. It still is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, food and music are my thing. Like, you're, yeah. you're in good company. Yes. So like, I just remember, I don't know why, but yeah, I wrote a a poem about pie. I remember B2K broke up and I wrote a poem about that because I was devastated. What what (laughs) was devastating about it? Like years later and they're on tour right now, which is crazy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Like how did that hit you when they broke up? Like did, what did that like? I was so sad. Yeah. Cause I was just like, how can you break up? Like (laughs) you just got started. What is mm. happening? Yeah. But you know, as a kid, you don't know anything about the music industry. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Sure. So it's just like, okay, so I'm never going to get a B2K album again. <laughs> it was like the, the end of the world, but it wasn't. But for me, I remember that day vividly. Wow. But you, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like you, you wrote the poem. Was it that, yeah. that day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that day... Yeah, in English class, she was like, okay, here's today's poem you have to write. You know, it was about B2K. <laughs> you still have it? I think I might. I'm going to have to look. I literally have like three backpacks of notebooks in storage. Nice. So, yeah, I'll have to dig them up. But yeah, so that's how like the poetry started. And then writing songs, my first like <laughs> breakup freshman year in high school. Oh, God. I was, like, so distraught. (laughs) It was horrible because, like, my first boyfriend was, like, one of my first friends in Laverne. So Mm. it was, like, we've been friends since kindergarten. So, like, now that we're not together, like, do we still be friends? Like, do I just, like, lose my friend? Yeah. I don't know what life was like before you. Like, what what is this? (laughs) Like, it was really, it was a lot. That's so sweet. Yeah, but it was tragic at the time. 14, 15 year old Lakeisha's being like, What was life before <laughs> right, this? What am I going to do? What did I like, do? 
Cause, What's the mall? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, you know, in high school, a lot of times when you break up with somebody, like, I've seen, like, my friends break up with people and they didn't talk to them anymore. So it was just like, but I don't want it to be like that with me yeah. and him. But it, yeah, it was a lot. So <laughs> I'll never forget. I was with my best friend and we were listening to Mariah Carey, mm. Emancipation of Mimi. Of mm. course, Shake It Off came on. Yeah. And then I was like, I can't shake him. And she was like, he should just shake it off. (laughs) And I was like, but I can't. So like my first song was called can't shake you. And uh, yeah, I definitely like did a remix to it last year. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. What's the, what's the course? The hook is I can't shake you no matter what I do. My girls keep telling me that I should get over you, but I don't want to because I'm so in love with you and I don't know what I'd do if I ever lost you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Horrible. Like Got that's all first. the feels. Right. But you, hey, you just recited that without even looking it up. Yeah. Like, you know that, that song. My like, first song. Like, yeah. Yeah. I felt it. Those first songs, they, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was the first song, and I probably didn't write a song again for like years. Hmm. Yeah, but I would always whenever I. What did you have to look forward to? All you knew up until that point was just this one person. You're right. You you can't write another song after that person. There, (laughs) you knew nothing past them. Right, but I like would continue to write poetry, but um, I would never share it at all the first time I shared one of my poems it was so funny I don't know why I did it to this day I don't know but anyways I I ended up like transferring to MTSU Hmm. um yeah I majored in music business and I wrote this poem called hide and seek (laughs) about a guy one of the guys in Auburn or whatever but yeah basically I was comparing um, you know, hide and seek the game to like finding love and running from it and being afraid of it. Mm. So I submitted it to the um there's this like magazine that they have called the collage. And I submitted it and I didn't think anything of it, but like I was just like, uh, let's see if people like my shit. Mm. <laughs> like this will be like the sign if they yeah. pick me. Test the waters. Right. Then maybe I should pursue this in some form or fashion. So yeah, I submitted it. Totally forgot that I did it. And then I got this email saying that it was going to be like released in like a month or so. They published it? Yeah. And then I got invited to this brunch and like, I couldn't even go because I had to work. And I didn't even really take it seriously. (laughs) Now I think about it. I was just like, okay, cool. Whatever. (laughs) I told my mom and she like got all these copies and gave them to people in the family and stuff. But I was just like, okay, I'm published yeah. now, kind of. Yeah, that's cool. So How that old were you? Like, um, I think I was like 21. Yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, that's awesome. But still, like the music thing. Uh, I would like write remixes and shit, but I would never like write anything original Hmm. that sharing aspect is that hard for you to do to when you write something are you 
is it easy for you to share that with another person to work on the project or is it like opening up a portal into your soul kind of it's kind of it's kind of hard because you know like yeah every piece is like a baby Mm -hmm. but like like even with the the stuff that we've worked on like you have this idea of what it will sound like what it'll feel like yeah then like once you get it out and then once you get like other people in the room it kind of like morphs into its own thing yeah which is good because a lot of times it comes out way better (laughs) than what i thought it was Mm -hmm. but then sometimes it's just like dang like this ain't what i thought it was Mm. you know so i like you know collaborating and stuff and sharing with people but the whole the performance thing that still scares me yeah (laughs) because um like i've always performed with a group of people i'm shy i'm not about to be out there solo (laughs) (laughs) like i was in choir in high school and all that but solo i don't know and that's actually something that i'm going to be working on that's like one of the things whenever i like jump back into music that's the number one thing get comfortable with singing in front of people (laughs) yeah so I realized, actually, um, have you heard of The Artist's Way, the book? No. I don't know who it's by, but um, What's it actually, about? I was watching an interview by J. Cole, and this is like 2015-ish, and I hadn't written anything in like four years. Hmm. And I was just like very stressed out. <laughs> I had like graduated college, did not get the job that I wanted, didn't. Get, didn't get a job in the music industry at all still have it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like you know dealing with that and like kind of accepting the life that I kind of chose mm. but uh yeah so I hadn't like thought about music or poetry at all and J. Cole mentioned the artist way kind of helped him um with inspiration and helped him with creativity and stuff so I checked it out um it's basically a book it's more of like a like a course Mm. where you get these activities and like you have these activities that are like week to week, but you have some activities that you do throughout the whole thing. So there's this thing called morning pages where whenever you wake up in the morning, you write three pages, you just write whatever comes to mind. And then um, this other thing was like, you go on a field trip every week or a date or whatever, um, because that kind of like, brings out your inner child and you're like exploring you're having a good time yeah and yeah there's just a list of things and um i actually like started doing the morning pages and then um this was whenever i was working with kids and (laughs) there's a kid that he was really smart but he just lacked confidence and he needed help with his homework and i was like you can do it just do it (laughs) basically (laughs) it was like this math problem i was like I know you can do this. Just we'll work through it slowly. Yeah. And like, he actually did it and he didn't need my help. And I was like, see, look, you mm. did it. So like, how'd I you take that? Poem. Huh? Like, did that, did that, did you see something in that moment that you were able to recognize in yourself or? Yes. Yes. Okay. What was yeah. that? Like, that was me. Like, cause that's me. Um, totally. Like when it comes to self-confidence, like, I'm still working on that, building that in numerous areas of my life, like Mm. professionally, musically, all that. 
And I, at that point, I just wanted to let my kids know, which they're not my kids, <laughs> but they'll, they'll always be my kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to let them know that like they could do anything. So um, I wrote my first poem in like five years and it was called Marley Did It. And it's about a cow who <laughs> gets made fun of because she wants to play football and like the bully won't let her play because she's a girl and um yeah she like challenges them to a game and she ends up beating them mm. and um yeah it's basically like a school with a whole bunch of like farm animals as kids and stuff but yeah that poem actually kind of like turned into like a children's book really i was about to say that yeah. sounds like a children's book Who yeah but like i haven't published it yet but like i kind of used it to like keep the kids occupied <laughs> and i made them like i made it into like this whole like challenge contest thing where i wanted them to be like i wanted them to make the illustrations for the book and i have like a book that's made with illustrations by them but it's mm. not like legit published yet so maybe one day i'll publish it maybe i won't <laughs> but i, I also feel like that's an issue with me like i have all of this like potential and i have all of this stuff in notebooks in my storage unit but like nobody will see it <laughs> <laughs> you I don't feel, know i mean you yeah you know like i i hear that and first of all i gotta ask who is the antagonist? What animal did you pick to be a bully? <laughs> a bull. A bull. <laughs> okay, so right. yeah. So yeah. his name is Bull Chip. So like <laughs> in it's the so... book, they're like, it's like one of those books, kind of like Shrek, you know, where yeah. like the characters will say some shit where it sounds like they're about to cuss, but they don't. And they're like <laughs> little jokes in there that adults will get, but kids yeah. won't. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> right? He's so donkey. good at that. I love Donkey. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, the the bully, his name is Bull Chip, and like, of course, that makes you think of bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and like one of his like horns is chipped, so that's how he got that. You know, yeah. the whole you know the hurt people hurt people thing. There's like a whole story behind that. Mm. Like, there's, like, a story behind every character. Yeah. But, like, I just feel like if I took the time to do that, I would have to, like, do that later on. That would have to be, like, stay-at-home mom, Keisha. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be able to do that then. But, like... You I say that, that. You say that. Yeah. But then you have stay-at-home mom, Keisha schedule. <laughs> You know, and where would I be able to fit that in? You know, now may be the time, though. You're right. I guess is my point. In, and that's in, the thing. Like, I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to do, and it's just like, what do I prioritize, and how do I stay focused? And then there's life, and it's like, shit, I can't do anything. <laughs> I can't even get out of bed today. Look this. Have you <laughs> at least wrote out all the ideas on a list, or have them like on a phone or a notepad somewhere? Yeah, I definitely have like a Google Doc somewhere. <laughs> Good. Good. I. I'm a fan of Google Doc, Microsoft Word, like whatever it takes. If you're a typewriter person or, or need to do it on a computer, mm -hmm. um, my notepad on my phone is my best friend. I Same. make a new grocery list every time. I have like everything. 
was yeah, I used pretty much there because Evernote, yes. yeah, you have that. I've used it. Yeah, it's been a minute, but I know it talks really well with other apps and yeah, and, and you can like log in online and stuff, so you can you know yeah. navigate on different devices. Yeah, because yeah. like I feel like a lot of people won't take it seriously because it's me, but if it was like under like somebody else's name or if i was i've, I've even thought about like being a fucking cartoon remember the gorillas mm-hmm. like i was just like that is like the band yeah yeah you know like the video they were like <laughs> yeah i know the gorillas yeah i was just like maybe i should be a cartoon <laughs> because i would yeah. get out of performances and then i was like you know what i don't even have to be 2d i could be 3d this is 2021 <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i could be like a, a pixar character or some shit like thing behind that <laughs> i but think yeah. it's a great idea and if there's anyone listening who wants to get behind it like reach out you can reach out to all you know all the contacts, but like, right. I think yeah, they even that's have a, a great show idea now that does that where like people are singing and they have this like computer generated like version of them. I need to figure out what it's called, but okay. I want to watch it, but it's basically like the voice and all those other competition shows, Yeah, but they don't see the real people. They see the computer generated version. And that's so cool because where we were 10, 15 years ago when you and I would have been in like high schoolish ages like you know Uh american idol was the thing Uh and so many people put everything on the line to go impress with like an amazing singing voice or you know and then i feel like you know there were other elements like they had to have the look as well and have some kind of story story guy living out of his car but yet like sings like a british person whatever (laughs) to the the probably some chick from texas well kelly clarkson kelly yeah yeah right you know and and it's nothing against the people who made it and i you know i think people like kelly or carrie or or, you know some of the ogs like i think they did really well with with what they were given Mm -hmm. but for like even if it is a small percentage for the percentage of people who were trying to do a thing because they thought this is the only way and maybe they were putting their own creativity in a box to try and fit the mold mm-hmm. like you and I don't fit that mold right because <laughs> our social anxiety of getting on a stage in the first place you know yeah. <laughs> like i have that that's why you know i'm a drummer and when i get behind drums that's where i live on the stage comfortably is like i've got all the shit like protecting me from having to like wow you know but like so that's your way of being like a shadow artist have you ever heard that term before shadow yeah 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 or like you know um hired guns you know like they they make a lot of work because it's like they can hide behind their instrument they're not the person out with the spotlight on them that was my thing that's why i went to school for music business because i was like really the female diddy i'm gonna be i'm gonna be a and r somebody's manager or something like i don't want to be the star yeah like my whole life everybody's like keisha you can sing like you're pretty like you should be a star i'm like i can't (laughs) (laughs) i'm not pretty no (laughs) well i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like well, first of all, don't be so hard on yourself. Like you, you do not need to say that. <laughs> I know that was, that was my on. reaction then, but if, now, like I'm totally different. <laughs> if 
if Meg were to to listen to this and hear like <laughs> let me let that one slide, she'd be like, Clark, right? Really, Keisha. <laughs> Start slapping her hand. Be like, "Yeah, where this was your moment. Yeah, love yourself. <laughs> I'll just like her. Yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll, get, we'll come back to Meg in, in a moment. But no, yeah. First of all, be nice to yourself. You're a beautiful person, like inside and out. Like Thank do it, do what you want to do. And if it is not the spotlight, it doesn't have to be. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that's so interesting about whether it's these different um, competition shows or just documentaries coming out, like. The more you hear about people's stories and like they didn't rise to fame because they were in the spotlight first, they maybe yeah. like did something behind the scenes like Pharrell. Like Pharrell has been behind so much cool shit to where since I didn't since the 90s. Since the 90s. And I didn't know about him until the the happy song. Like really? Dude, oh, look. <laughs> I'm not from DC. I mean that makes sense though because but there's like some millennial tracks where he's, I, you know, I, I know get you it. know those songs. I, I think if like I sat Adeline. down, yes. And, and whenever, uh, what is it? Like he did the, the one with um, Snoop Dogg, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah, was yeah. Him. yeah. Like I know that one, but like, I don't, I didn't sit down and be like, oh yeah, Pharrell's coming out with something new. I can't wait until. Yeah. Because like he really wasn't an artist. He was just a producer then. Part yeah. Of Neptunes. So yeah. he would just like hop on tracks out of nowhere. Yeah. But like not a main spotlight guy up right. until a certain point. And right. then he decided to test the waters with it. And and maybe maybe he never would have. He still, I'm sure, would be a happy, content person mm-hmm. as there are many producers, behind the scene managers, et cetera, et cetera, who are living comfortably. And like they... I, I think if anything, there's also a certain aspect where maybe you're saved from or spared from like having to deal with a lot of things that would take um take it more take than a gift out of it yeah like maybe these people want you know these artists want so badly to be a family person now and uh-huh. it's like they can't they f- go to dinner with their family without fans interrupting yeah or they feel the pressure to to perform on social media even when they're not performing right so they can stay current like yeah they feel the pressure to be their persona or their stage name and not who they truly are yeah you know, I say that with an encouragement, you know, that like, do whatever you want to do. Like, put out the book. What are you waiting on? <laughs> <laughs> put out the book. Like, I will, I will fund Drop it with the album, <laughs> with buying a copy. I will, I will buy whatever we worked on. You know, like yes. that's, I say that to everyone that I work with, like, I'd buy this, you know, I, yeah. I worked on it. Like, of course I would go on, out and buy it. Like I, I believed in enough to work on it mm-hmm. and kind of, I don't know. I'm saying that. But I'm also being a hypocrite because I've got these like 12 songs to do an album and then like another <laughs> you're not 15. Being a hypocrite. You're being stacking a human. Up. Human, is it? Is that, yes, because you're on your calling? journey as well. Yeah. So <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One day we'll we'll drop something and it's gonna be amazing. I would say it's some, you know, things that we've worked on already are amazing. And right. whether, whether there's numbers behind it or not, I don't give a fuck. Like it, I believe in it. Yeah. And I uh, love okay. It. So here's the thing like, okay, <laughs> I don't know if I told you about this, but okay. So my, I don't want to say my issue, but the song that the one single that I dropped, um, it came out in August. Uh huh. And, part of the reason why like I didn't really promote that is because of everything I was going through at the time. 
Yeah. And like now I can't even listen to it because it's very triggering for me because it reminds me of that. Mm. Because um, the person that we know that passed literally passed like two days before it dropped, and yeah. I just it just makes me think of that. So mm. I don't I don't like you know thinking about it. I didn't want to promote it or anything. I kind of just want to like act like it didn't happen. But yeah. I have people come up to me. They're like, "Oh my gosh, like your your song was so inspiring. I needed to hear that." And it's just really I don't want to say it's weird, but it's just like very enlightening to know that my bad day can inspire someone to have a good day because yeah. that's like literally I had a horrible day and I had to get it out on paper mm-hmm. <laughs> and just to know that it like positively affected a few people like that's that's all that matters to me yeah for sure and you always have that you right know? yeah you, and you, for me it's like like you said it's not about the numbers it's about impact and mm-hmm. you just never know why God has you doing something or why God, mm. like, or God, universe, whoever you consider, you know, the higher power. You never know why they put that on your heart. Yeah. So, like, I try to, like, follow through because I know, like, there are reasons for, you know, the things and ideas that I have. You know, yeah. somebody out there needs it. And nobody else is me and nobody else can give it to the world the way that I can. So part of me is like dealing with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like trying to, um, trying to let go of my fears and insecurities. I actually read a book last year and um, I was like watching an interview of the author with Oprah and he was talking about how like, um, like stage fright and having anxiety about like performing is selfish. And I was like, what is, hmm. what do you mean that's selfish? I mean, for me, I'm a geek. I'm like, that's genetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's genetic. I have stage fright because of my DNA. Yeah. But then um, also he was just like talking about how whenever people are super anxious about performing, they're putting like, they're putting all of the like, everything into them and not what they're doing. Mm. And a lot of times, like what you're doing a lot of times is of service to others. Like, even though performing music seems like very, like not important. If you have important lyrics, it could literally change somebody's life. And who are you to allow your insecurities and fears to get in the way of what God could do through you? Mm. and it's it just like shifted my whole perspective and i was like oh my fucking gosh i mean it's shifting my perspective right now like i needed to hear that that's it's wild like yeah at first i was just like no there's no way that's selfish but then like whenever (laughs) he like described that you're putting like your insecurities and fears before you know the needs of somebody else i was just like dang yeah man that's some good shit (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of a a kick in in the rear that some of us need sometimes right and then he also like talked about how you know some people are just scared to mess up and and he was like that has a lot to do with the ego and everything isn't all about you yeah i was like i needed to hear that too Mm -hmm. because i'm always like people are gonna make fun of me i'm gonna look stupid yep I'm going to go viral for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, uh, <laughs> you said that and I thought of something. So <laughs> I'll see if this connects. <laughs> First of all, I hear you. I a thousand percent, I'm right there doing this podcast and being vulnerable and knowing that people are listening to my voice interview their friend or someone that interests them. Like the thought of that someone turns on the podcast just to listen to me, that that doesn't register. I don't know that there's that Isn't person that out there. Yeah. And if there is, then I don't know that they're doing that. Um, <laughs> it's someone who's not my mom, you know, like, right. and even then, mom, do you really know what a podcast is yet? Have you figured it out? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. I love you. I know you're probably listening to this and you're like, I'm listening to it. <laughs> like, okay. Last night I was at a, an event that had like explosions and fireworks. Mm. And I got to sit in a suite, which I've never done in my entire life. Like life changing. Yes. Had had a friend of a friend kind of thing where they were like, hey, we're going to um <laughs> we went to see WWE. Nice. And oh. I've never done that before. There there's a small list of things I haven't done. And one of the things I can't talk about on the podcast, but you and I have talked about mm-hmm. before in the studio. So, um, <laughs> mystery, what is it? <laughs> um, but we're sitting there and like, uh, you know, I've, I've had some, some body things happen recently and, and the, anytime the fireworks and the explosions were happening at the wrestling event, like I literally just like jumped out of my skin and was like, holy shit. <laughs> and one of the guys who was in the suite happens to be a mutual friend of my friend. And this, this guy was there. My mutual friend wasn't there. He, he got sick last minute. was like, I can't go. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm in this suite with an artist that I've looked up to since I was a kid. Oh, and wow. immediately I'm like, bingo. <laughs> like play it fucking cool of course i'm like right you know just drumming on my chest and legs and everything and so finally take have the guts to ask and say his first name and i was like hey where'd you get that beer and like he he almost jumped out of his seat because like he doesn't know who i am and he's just like (laughs) oh uh first floor yeah sorry they don't have any on the you know the suite floor like you got to go down there and it's like okay cool and we talked for a second about our mutual friend and then like, just kind of like shrug shoulders or like, all right, well, we'll go back to wrestling. And like, he's one of those people, he's not like rock star vibes. Like in my mind he is, but like mm-hmm. in real life, he's just a dad and a humble dude. who's I just like, that. yeah, looking to have a good time. And it was the first time I'd seen him like without the band attire on, like he was just mm-hmm. in like, you know, some Normal khakis person. and yeah. yeah. And so he comes up to say goodbye he was kind of making some rounds and, and comes up to say goodbye. And they were introducing a wrestler. And I was like, Jesus, I haven't talked to you in a minute, but I need you and <laughs> all of your magnificent power to not let those explosions go off while I'm shaking this man's hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the anxiety and like, he's a poor guy. Like he's just like trying to be a normal person. He probably gets like, he probably reached to me. He's like, Oh, this guy knows who I am. Right. And he's just trying to, Nice gesture sticks out the hand, and I'm just like, oh, don't let the thing go off. <laughs> just like, 
shake the hand and like pull my hand back. Like <laughs> <laughs> he's probably texting my friend Bill. It's like, who the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> what made me think of that? Anxiety. <laughs> Anxiety. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, is it selfish to have that anxiety of like, I can't hang with these people, you know, or like to be so hard on myself to where it's like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm working through just through this podcast and kind of getting out of the real world again, like just working through, like seeing everyone is on the same level, especially mm-hmm. when you meet someone that you respect and yeah. um, just like being like, man, just like, just, you know what, like, how would you want to be treated? And yeah. it, even the next day I'm sitting here just like, dude, you could have just totally just like drank your beer, leveled out and been like, what's up? <laughs> right. So. Yeah. I have weird, awkward moments around celebrities too. Cause like them being a celebrity doesn't change me being an introvert and super weird. Mm. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah, it, I've gone through that whole thing too. And honestly, like most of the time, I just opt out of talking to them at all because I just Hmm. don't want to embarrass myself. Yeah. Like, you know how you were going through like the anxiety and like hoping the fireworks wouldn't go off like at that moment. Yeah, me, I think of all the horrible things and I'll just admire from a distance. (laughs) But like one time, there was one time I was in VIP with this rapper out of nowhere in Auburn. I had to tell this story. Okay, so <laughs> there's this rapper in Auburn. And you know, Auburn is predominantly white. Okay. Yeah. Well and I've, I've never been there, but I'd assume. Yeah. Where it's located. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Middle of nowhere, Alabama. <laughs> right. Thirty minutes from the Georgia border. And um yeah, so rappers don't come to Auburn often. So I was like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. And then um, like okay so i'm getting me a vip ticket but like my friends didn't have vip and i knew the promoter so i was just like i'll talk to him whenever we get there so we can get y'all settled so we get there and the person at the door just assumes that we're with the rapper because we're black (laughs) so they're like oh yeah he's downstairs let me take you to him (laughs) what (laughs) so he turns and starts walking and we just follow of course Oh and like, he's like doing sound check so we're just you know there's like drinks and a pool table everybody's just chilling <laughs> and then <laughs> when it, by the time like he comes back to the vip like the the show has already started and we're like watching the show but then after the show everybody's in there together and i'm literally like across the room taking a picture <laughs> of the rapper and like i'm like pissed because he keeps moving whenever i'm taking the picture yeah and like the whole time he was motioning me to come over there to take a picture with him and i literally looked behind me (laughs) i looked behind me twice i was like there's no way he's talking to me yeah no way no and i looked behind me it's literally a a wall behind me (laughs) and he's like you come here i was like oh shit do do you want to say who it was uh <laughs> it was young jock oh yeah cool so like yeah we we walk over there and his like security guard is there and i'm so weird i didn't say anything the entire time yeah he's like playing my hair you got indian in you you got some good hair and i'm oh. just like oh god can we just take the picture can we just 
get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> went from like full on mystique to just full creeped out. <laughs> right, exactly. And I was just like, yeah, let's take mm. a picture. Let's yeah. go. So like oh, we got a gosh. picture with me and my friends and then like we walked away. But that was like one of the the top three nights in Auburn for me. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be racially profiled for it to happen. And then <laughs> <laughs> right. it was just... like the one time being oh. black in Auburn worked in my favor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, that makes me sad. Again, <laughs> <laughs> never been there, but that makes me sad. Man, I just happened to have a thought. It was like for you and me, that would have like been a moment of like, is this really happening? But we have a friend who would have owned that situation. Like, yes, we're doing this. <laughs> yes. yes, I belong here. Yes. I belong here. Definitely. Uh, I'm a, In his stun of shades, he um, would be the star. I'm a producer and... <laughs> and a uh, rapper. <laughs> all right, Lee, I'm sorry. I had to say it. I'm it's not little... sorry because Lee <laughs> owns the shit and he knows that he's a star and he yeah. acts as such. Yes. And we need people like him. So when right. we worked in the studio last year together, our mutual friend Lee was helping produce everything and... He is a wonderful, vibrant person and works really great with personalities like ours, <laughs> you know? And he's very complimentary of who he works with, just like puts the other person first. That's something that I enjoy in a producer is when they're just kind of like, how do I say this? Sometimes with producing, there isn't so much the technical side of things as much as it is about creating a vibe. Right. And cultivating that and keeping it going. And Lee is like your hype man. Lee is, is the yes. your cheerleader who's just like, okay, I came with the squat. You know, like right. the, everyone's standing in line behind me, ready to march whenever I say go kind of personality. And mm. I love that about him. Summer 2009, when I found out Michael Jackson died, mm. it was a pivotal moment for me. I was literally, okay, so I went to Auburn. My first um, major was industrial design. I wanted to design car shoes and furniture. <laughs> so random. Car shoes and furniture. Yeah, those are the things that I could draw the best. And those yeah. are the things I was passionate about. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember, like, I was taking summer classes. I was in the studio drawing. I don't even know what the fuck I was drawing. But I just remember somebody said, Michael Jackson died. And at uh. that very moment, I was like... Keisha, you know you're not supposed to be here. This is not what God put you on earth to do. And it all, like, it, everything, like, just started going downhill, like, fast. It was yeah. like, okay, Michael Jackson's dead. Like, who's going to be the king of pop now? What's going <laughs> to happen to the state of music? Who are mm. my kids going to listen to? Like, it was the whole thing. Yeah. I was, like, freaking out. I was, I like, was in Spain. I remember exactly where I heard the news, too. Man, it's just, yeah, it's just one of those moments where it's like, damn, like, yeah, the greats are starting to fall. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, what, what's gonna happen to music? A layer of reality like went away, right? You know, it's like, yeah. for, for me, you know, when I think about family members or certain people that I look up to when they pass away, it's just like it feels like some of the curtain of um, my mortality yeah. is starting to be pulled back. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then it's not to get all super dark, but right. It's that thing where like, as a child, like you don't think of people dying at Mm. all. You just have this feeling like, you know, it'll always be there. Like Michael Jackson's been there before I was born. So he's going to be there forever. Michael Jackson's just going to be Michael Jackson. He's always going to be there. And then it's like, he's not. And it's just like, Oh shit. He's a human too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was just, heavy but yeah, yeah at that moment i was just like what the fuck are you doing with your life stop wasting your time and your money and the money that you don't have because now you have all these student <laughs> loan debts <laughs> so you got out of it and like is that when yeah you- well basically it's a whole thing we won't get into it Next but time. um yeah summer school yeah. it was like a program where they only took a certain amount of people and i wasn't in that amount so mm. i was just like yeah i'm gonna drop out but my mom was like, if you drop out, you have to get a job. And I was like, never mm. worked. Don't want to work now. I'm going to school. <laughs> I'm just going to go to school for something else. Yeah. And then I was like, well, my friend, it was really weird because my friend told me about the um, music industry program at MTSU. And I was like, I really don't want to go back to Middle Tennessee. Like, mm. uh, it's going to be like going back to high school again. It's going to be yeah. really weird. <laughs> yeah it's like going back to the future like i don't i don't know if i want to do that but i ended up doing that and like within that year i was back in well not nashville but you know murfreesboro outside of nashville and i majored in music business and here we are (laughs) (laughs) and here we are Uh, so yeah i remember the last time we talked though that you were doing kind of a podcast with yeah i was a podcast but are you guys still doing that what happened well see life you know got crazy for Mm me i actually uh we didn't even talk about this which is weird i thought i was gonna talk about it but yeah um so you know i got laid off from the job that i had Mm -hmm. and then i got a new job you know like literally at the perfect time yeah it was funny because like i had already like started making plans you know move back in with my parents so i was like i don't know when i'm gonna get a job again and i don't want to be like caught up in a lease yeah. and then literally like a week after i told my landlord that i was leaving i got a job and i could have stayed <laughs> 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 but i was just like just to be on the safe side i'm still gonna go to my parents well five six months into that job and it's crazy because i was like i was working at a bank and i was trying to get like a COVID proof job so i wouldn't yeah. have to worry about being laid off again yeah and then literally like the day all the shit was happening at the capitol i'm like watching the news not paying attention to the meeting and then i hear them say oh we're gonna shut down and they'll be doing layoffs later this year uh. and then i had to I turned the news off. I was like, okay, this is a meeting I need to pay attention to. <laughs> oh my god! And I was just like, dang, I haven't even been here a year. And here we go again. So uh. yeah, once that happened, I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to put everything on hold. And then I just focused on like getting another job before I got laid off again, which sure. I did. And um, I'm still at that place now, but like <laughs> I definitely have PTSD when it comes to working. Yeah, I would too. And I've, in a similar, I mean, I've known a lot of people who have been laid off. It's people who are close like yourself and family members, and it's not great. 
and th- for it to happen, it just compounded everything that happened last year. Right. So for it to happen to you again, like I, you said, it was about six months apart. I get that with having two traumatic events in 2021 mm-hmm. for me, and they were about six months almost to the day apart. Yeah. And it's just like I've been it's here. Wild. Yeah, and like the second time around, you feel a smidge smarter. Yeah. <laughs> but also still. Like, so when the first traumatic event happened, I was just like, what if this other thing happens? Uh And then it happened and it's like, I feel totally validated right now. Like the skepticism. Somewhat prepared. Yeah. And just like, I knew it. (laughs) Yeah. For me, it was, yeah, I was definitely not like 100% happy with the position. So I was like always looking. Mm. I just wasn't actively applying. But then luckily they gave us like, six month notice because like they got acquired by another bank Mm. and they're like, yeah, so the bank um, is going to start making changes and we're going to start laying people off probably in the summer. And I was like, bet this is January. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I have till May or June to find me a job. I can do that. Yeah. And yeah, I got my new job in March. So good. I've been grinding. Yeah. <laughs> just it been... sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. And then like working at a startup, I was employee number seven. So like, mm. I've just been so consumed with work that like, I really don't have time for anything else. Cause whenever I'm not working, I really want to relax. Yeah. Enjoy my friends and family. Early on, you talked about learning how to properly love. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah. I kind of like go right into that. <laughs> it's beginning. good. It's good. And then we've we've also I, I got another question re- related to to filling the bank, but like mm-hmm. now that you're in this stage in your life, like what does that mean? Like what is what does love mean? Ooh. Hmm. Okay, to me, love is definitely having that respect, being open-minded and open to, you know, your partner or whoever else is in the relationship because, you know, you have relationships with everyone in your life sure. and love applies to them all, not just romantic ones. So yeah, it's just having that foundation of respect and being open to hearing them out, being there for them whenever needed. And of course, having that reciprocity, because Mm -hmm. for me, a lot of times in my relationships, there was a lack of that. I was always pouring into the situation, but the situation was not pouring into me. So yeah. like that reciprocation has to be there. And um, yeah, it has to be unconditional. I yeah. feel like uh, in this day and age, girls, not all girls or women, they're just, you know, looking for somebody to provide for them, looking for somebody to fly them out. And mm. it's just like, uh, if you're like that shallow, then that's what you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're looking just for surface level stuff, that's what you're going to get. I want somebody to just accept me for who I am, be there for me and just make memories together. Like that's it. Yeah. Like you don't need to be rescued. Right. Yeah. You know, and you that, or yeah. impressed. That's a or, whole Or chauffeured. <laughs> you know, like I feel like whenever I see 
certain things on social media where there's kind of a glamorous aspect to it. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you looking to be rescued? Do you do you have these high expectations about like what you think you deserve? Like it just sends my mind down a whole um, yeah. And then a thoughts. lot of times people are like searching for all of these things, but they're not even those things to themselves. Yeah. I had to have like <laughs> that talk with myself because I was hmm. like, I want consistency. I like, you know, everybody has that list. Yeah. I wrote a list and yeah. then um, somebody was like, well, if you're not your list, then you don't need to be dating. You need to work on yourself so that you become the list. And then when you become the list, then you'll attract somebody that's the list. Yeah. So are you, are you, uh, are you accepting yourself? Are you, are you like, yeah, you know, that's what you... I've been doing. I've literally like even wearing my natural hair today was a thing. Yeah. Yes. Like it's little things like that, that are like, they seem little, but they're huge. Like Hmm. I've totally accepted me for who I am. Like I'm more open about who I am, like the true essence of me. Hmm. Like I don't feel the need to put on a mask whenever I meet people. Like it is what it is. Either you like it or you don't. And I feel like I always had this issue with perfection growing up. And like, that's part of, you know, my name, Perfect 10. Like it's a journey and it's the lesson that I've learned that you're perfect as the imperfect human that you are. Yeah. Where do you think the drive came from? Ooh, the drive, like, as in like ambition, the drive to, for perfection. Like you mentioned basketball or. Yeah, that definitely came from my parents. Um, Mm. And then also like being the token black child, like I was always taught you have to, you have to be better just to get like the basics. We have Uh, to. What does token black child mean? Oh, just, you know, just the only black kid (laughs) in the group. Gotcha. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, no, you're good. I don't know that I've been the token anything. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I've been hanging out with you and Lee. So I guess I'm the token. I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah. But I mean, that's a good thing. Nobody wants to be a token. But um, yeah, just like whenever we were raised, you're just taught that in our household, we were taught that you have to, you know, get good grades. You have to do your absolute best so that you can get the things that you know white people have but like Mm. you can't fuck up because then they'll it's it's of course they'll the worst things will happen to us because we're black Mm. it's kind of like you know if you think about barack obama like that's the best example i could think of like (laughs) there are so many presidents that did so many like bad things but like the minute he did something so minor like they're on his ass because he's yeah. black. And like when you're black and you're the first, yeah. then a lot of times you're not there as yourself. You're you're showing up as yourself in your entire community, your family, your ancestors, everybody. So like you better like show up and show out because if you yeah. don't all look bad. Yeah. So that was that was I, always a thing. I'm trying to you know, and when what some of the things you just said triggered some 
maybe conversations that would have been going down in 2008 to even his reelection in, in 2012. And mm-hmm. ah, that's a, that's, a and that's cross. heavy. Yeah. That is a cross <laughs> to carry. Right. Exactly. And the thing is like, I had to like accept that it's okay mm. to be human. Like you're not perfect. Mm. And you don't have to be and, for you to be loved for people to like you. Yeah. Okay, so there was for you in in your home, there was kind of a drive to be more because of your identity, mm-hmm. your and and potential, and maybe potentials off, but potential outcomes, right? Because of you of who you are, so there was a drive to be more on paper. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm hearing. So that way yeah. you can level up with people who don't look like you. Yeah, exactly. I'm the I'm a first generation um college graduate. So wow. that just says it all. Okay. <laughs> I'm literally breaking all the curses in my family, doing all the things first, like going to therapy first, all that. Yeah. Like my my dad's from Alabama. My mom is from rural North Carolina. Um and they just didn't have much growing up. So once my like parents got to a certain level, they wanted to make sure that we had the absolute best, we had the best education, and we had everything that they didn't. Hmm. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I think that this is something that no matter how how many conversations I have, I always walk away from this type of conversation, realizing I'm never going to know what that feels like. Uh-huh. And it bums me out that someone I care about and you know millions of other people who look or identify in similar ways to that person are going to feel these things that I can't control or fix. Yeah. And it, you know, I'm grateful you shared that with me because it like I, I I need to hear that mm-hmm. for all the above reasons. I need to hear that as someone who wants to have kids one day. I need to hear that for me whenever I run into other people right who are who may not like look like me and and maybe not like put them on a pedestal or be awkward nice, but just at least being in the same room and just being like, no, like there may be other people in the room who are having a harder time being here than I am yeah. for whatever reason. And I think that's something that some of the circles that you and I have been in um, with work or with mm-hmm. other friendships, I'm, I'm really grateful to hear these conversations because I don't know that, you know, due to my privilege that I would have registered that. Right. Yeah. And coming from a smaller town, like it, where there were problems, it seemed a little bit easier to fix because there's maybe a smaller number of people to process that problem with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really sorry. And I, I appreciate like everything that you bring to the table as a person. And I think Thank that you. a lot of those things 
um, are obviously not defined by, you know, whatever status or, or box that you check off on, uh-huh. on a list. It's like, no, like you're Keisha. Like, right. I don't even call you Lakeisha. I just call you Keisha. Like you're, yes. you're as Keisha in my phone. I don't even know that I have your last name on my phone. Um, so, you know, I'm just really grateful for all the things that you bring to the table, whether they be, um, different or foreign to me as a person mm-hmm. or for the things that I'm just like, Oh yeah, JT. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Writing. I can get behind that. Right. However, I can be an accomplice and, you know, well, I'll say this. I'm here, man. You I know? love that. And I appreciate that because not everybody's like that. And I like that you're open and honest about, you know, your ignorance of certain things, but you're also, you know, there and you're willing to learn and you want to have these conversations and the dialogue. And I feel like that's what we need so that yeah. we can like be better just as a community, as people in general, because we have way more yeah. in common than we think. Way more things in common than we have or right. not in common. And you know, I know that for these types of conversations, I I, you know, I'm not trying to ask you to be the spokesperson for anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this is just like a, a dialogue and, and I mentioned it elsewhere and, and I'll just keep this in the episode and say that like, you know, if something about any of this conversation, you're like, hey man, maybe we should take that out. <laughs> Let me know. Gotcha. But I know with this podcast, like it's, I'm kind of putting my ass on the line to, to show that like, I'm kind of an idiot. And that's kind of hard for me to admit and maybe... Why I it's haven't not done... that you're an idiot. Look. Like, don't say it that way. Because my thing is, like, you're not an idiot. It's just that you haven't been exposed or you haven't experienced certain things just because of how you were raised and your background. Mm. Like, that has nothing to do with intelligence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I guess in my mind, I'm hearing and seeing people who are just going to be like, who are still going to be critical of, of trying. You know, or they yeah. can't handle the awkwardness or can't handle That's the fact problem. that I care. Yeah, you know, but still being yeah. the host. Yeah, like, you're right. There are people out there like that. Yeah, like, and, and I guess I have to resolve that. It's like, well, you just can't handle the fact that, like, we need to have tough conversations. And I'm, I, I can't even handle that, but I'm trying. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So. Tough conversations definitely need to be made. Yeah. But yeah. Just the fact that you're open to them, that says a lot about who you are as a person. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, this has been good. And I'm, you know, don't want to take up your whole day. I know that you probably have a lot more that you'd like to do. And <laughs> I don't want to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I was not planning on doing anything. I literally rolled out of bed and got ready for you. And I'm about to eat and get back to bed. <laughs> That sounds like a great day. Uh, yeah, that's just the type of week that I've had. I'm just, yeah, like I said, I'm exhausted. Well, take care of yourself. And I'm always around. And, you know, should there be an opportunity, something you want to talk about or get excited about, like, you can always come back on. And yes, doors always wide of open. Of course. Yes. And I'll and go there, ahead and answer what's next anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, I'm going to be a digital nomad. And I'm I'm about to get my passport and like just leave and never return. I don't know about the never return thing, <laughs> but I want to like country hop, experience different cultures and stuff. 
I didn't get the chance to study abroad in college. So like, yeah. I feel like this is the perfect time. My job is remote. I can work wherever I go. I'm single, no kids. Yep. So I'm about to go like explore the world. And awesome. like, I'm doing like a trial <laughs> for like three months in like Central America in the Caribbean. Ooh. But the ultimate goal is to go to every country on my ancestry report. Okay. And um, I'm West African, British, Irish, Filipino, and Cherokee. So I want to like go all those places. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's yes. so cool. I, and I feel like actually living will give me the inspiration I need to do art again and write nice. and stuff. Yeah. Well, there's people that I know, you know, in, in every corner of the world. So like nice. if there's anything I can ever help with as someone who's like gone out of the country. Yes, abroad, we'll definitely like, need to talk. <laughs> yeah. And not that you need the coaching or whatever. Oh, but like, I do. <laughs> you know, I'm what however I can help. You know. Yeah. I'll definitely reach out to you because I know like see I've I've been trying to learn Eng- English, learn Spanish again on <laughs> Duolingo. Nice. And like I took Spanish for like three years in high school and college, but like <laughs> I'm horrible. <laughs> well, you have a leg up on me because I always kind of brushed it off and was like, eh, whatever. And then, you know, <laughs> life, the irony, the irony. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of been my mantra over the last week. It's just been the Man. irony. <laughs> That's funny you say that because mine is always, I, I've been saying like the past couple of weeks, my life is a movie. Like, there's, when I look back, there's definitely like foreshadowing. <laughs> Like shit happens. Yep. It's just wild. Yep. It is a movie because you have already lived a life that is worth um, sharing. And I feel like the things that you have been through, so many people have, have been through. And that's why mm-hmm. um, I was encouraging, whether it be the book or your writing, just like do it because it's like, there's 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 a handful of other people who are going through the same thing or something similar and you are so kind and you are so thoughtful with like and intentional about how you write and how Mm -hmm. like when we've worked in the studio you're like no like here's what i'm seeing it's not just because i'm trying to get my way it's like it has to be communicated and presented to get this idea and someone who is you know whether it's that i'm the the guy in the room or the white guy in the room and it's like Oh, so we're not just trying to like go big here. Like we need it to like go down and like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's just, I appreciate that about you and yeah, that you're intentional. intentional. Yeah. You're, you're a very intentional person. And I, I need more of that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Me too. <laughs> lately. <laughs> but have fun with that and keep me updated. And maybe we'll, we'll do a zoom when you're living yeah, Somewhere. Costa Rica. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I know some people in Costa Rica. Places, really? Yes. Yeah. Nice. I'll, I'll go and reach out to them and say, like, "Hey, where should this person go? What should they do?" Yes, yes. I'm here for it all. Cool. Thank you so much for for coming on. And yeah. Thanks for the invite. Anytime. Yeah. Sweet. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Later. There it is. Did that warm your heart like it warmed mine? Keisha Jackson, Perfect 10. 
So glad you got to come on. Thank you for talking with me. Everyone can check out Keisha's music on Spotify. Again, the link will be in the show notes. I hope you guys have a good week. Hey, drink your water. Get your sleep. Don't be a dummy like me. Like last week, I got dehydrated, and then I thought the world was coming undone. Don't do that. Next week, an all-new guest. Still just going to keep it mysterious from week to week. Because that's who I am. That's what you get. All right. You all take care. We'll talk to you soon, all right? Bye. Bye.